Hello. Welcome to Empowering Conversations. I'm Stacy, your host, and I am excited to have you join me on this first podcast. Many of you may know Siouxland Magazine is a local publication that shares stories of the people, nonprofits, and small businesses that make up Siouxland. We shine light on all the things that make our community strong, but also discuss in a productive and compassionate manner the challenges we face. But many of you may not know that Siouxland Magazine is published by Empowering Conversations. It's here that we go deeper, diving into conversations and empowering individuals. So we love to explore conversations that matter to you. In these episodes, we are diving into difficult conversations, approaching seemingly unanswerable questions with a commitment to embrace possibilities. We will not shy away just because the answers are not clear or because it may be uncomfortable. We are allowing things to unfold by trusting in the process, leaning into the conversation with an insatiable curiosity. I hope you find some great takeaways from today's podcast. And even more than that, engage in conversations with those in your community and keep this conversation rolling. Today we are going to hear from Chief Rex Mueller. Rex has been an officer with the Sioux City Police Department since 1996 and has served as the agency head since 2017. In his 24 years of law enforcement, he has dealt with many of the problems associated with homelessness. He participates in multiple committees and partnerships dedicated to finding lasting and meaningful solutions to homelessness in our area. His agencies continue to work with area partners to find lasting solutions to this problem in Siouxland. So how are you, Rex? Good. Good, good. to be here with you, Stacy. So glad to have you joining me today. So as I had mentioned a little earlier, you know, we are approaching these conversations not necessarily uh, to find a solution. I know this is a worldwide ongoing problem, but it is our responsibility to engage in this conversation and to do our part to try to move the needle forward. And I would like, for starters, can you give us a little bit of, of insight from your perspective, from the police officer's perspective, on what you see when it comes to the homeless community? Well, it's interesting because um, one thing I'll say up front is the police are never going to be the solution to any long-term problems. We're a Band-Aid, especially when it comes to homelessness and addiction. Uh, We would like to take a more prominent role in facilitating discussions like this and offering solutions and bringing agencies together. I've dealt with homelessness my entire career. Uh, and a lot of these people that are homeless, uh, it could be an affordable housing issue, it could be a mental health issue, it could be a substance abuse issue. There's a lot of things that uh, come into play, uh, and you need to be solution-oriented. Um, and I, one of the things that I've used, I've kind of used this as an analogy, I see us as being at the middle of the teeter-totter. Um, we're in the middle of this, this uh, you know, this teeter-totter that's going up and down, and sometimes the microphone is had by those business owners who are concerned about what vagrancy and panhandling does to their business. And I can absolutely understand those concerns. And then on the other end of the teeter-totter is, is uh, community advocates and people uh, who want uh, to provide services and you know have a very empathetic approach uh, to the homelessness uh, issue. Um, we in some way need to facilitate conversations between the people on each end of the teeter-totter. We need to bring them together. 
Um, we need a community-wide approach to this. And you're right, we're not going to solve it, but I think that there are solutions for some of the people that are in homelessness, and I think the city itself and the community is starting to see that and come together uh, and form those community partnerships that will provide some long-lasting results for some of those individuals that are in crisis or in homelessness. Mm-hmm. And I want to just touch for a moment on where you started with this conversation about your responsibility. I think too often we always, we meaning uh, just people in the community, right, all of us, we tend to take the easier route. We go, oh, we've got a problem. Who can we call to take care of it for us? And we don't often take a step back and look at how we can be involved and how we can also um, participate in that solution. And like you said, that that's the conversation that needs to be had. It's not your role, uh, the police officer's role, to to handle all of this, that we need to have engagement from our community members and then also these agencies. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So we have a lot of really great agencies doing uh, really meaningful work and making a difference. But sometimes it seems like maybe there's a little bit of disconnect between them as far as uh, the resources. So someone becomes homeless and they might not know how to plug in or they're plugged into one, but now it's it's trying to find all, because you need, I mean, we need lots of resources, right? We need shelter, we need food, we need health care, we need uh, employment. There's so many areas of resources. How do you think the best way to go about um, kind of bringing all of those agencies together, or maybe not that so much, but maybe re- let me reword this a little differently. How do we help a homeless person be able to be able to plug into each of those different agencies? You know, and, and that's interesting. I think that is happening right now, and I think it's been a progression. Um, you know, we have to look at what we're dealing with the community. Do we have a homelessness problem? Yes. Is it to the uh, level that it is in a lot of other large communities like ours? Not really. Um, but if we can be proactive and we can address these things, maybe we can have some long-term solutions so that it isn't a larger community problem. But you're right. First thing is bringing people together. Uh, and sometimes it's resources. You're right. Um, you know, there is funds out there uh, for different agencies and, and getting agencies and stakeholders, as I would call them, to share resources, share information, um, you know, provide a pathway out of homelessness for some of these individuals, provide a pathway to treatment if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, um, working with uh, local agencies. And for us, we found ourselves becoming the facilitator for that, which is fine. Uh, Because, again, we realize that we're not going to be the solution to the issue. So if we can bring agencies together, and the city's doing a very good job of this, too. The city is specifically addressing it with some of their programs. Those are growing. Uh, They have gotten people out of homelessness. We do have people in homelessness that that's their preferred way. People say, no, this is not something people choose. In many cases, it's not. There is the situationally homeless out there. But there are a number of individuals in our community that that is the lifestyle that they have decided to live, and that's their choice to do so. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't offer services and you shouldn't bring the stakeholders together for meaningful solutions. And again, for us, part of that is listening to all sides, staying in the middle of that teeter-totter and hearing, hearing the concerned businesses who have a reason to be uh, concerned about homelessness and vagrancy and panhandling downtown, 
and then the service organizations and the empathetic people that want to provide solutions is is how do we moderate those conversations so that we're bringing people together and we're and we're figuring out uh, long-term solutions to this as opposed to just hey there's uh, people panhandling police get rid of the problem uh, which isn't a solution uh, there's so many other things in play there um, unfortunately our nation has a history of you know defunding good things um, uh, defunding mental health defunding um, alcohol treatment and addiction treatment and what usually happens when you defund programs like that is okay who's going to catch the people that are slipping through the cracks well who's 24 7 uh, the police department uh, so suddenly we're expected to somehow uh, you know be a solution to this issue and we are not a solution uh, which is why we're trying to steer the conversation uh, as a police department back to long-term solutions while still dealing with the problem. And there is some criminal activity associated with us. We need to deal with that. Uh, but uh, how, do we, how do we be proactive about the issue? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the mental health because that is a huge issue. And I'm, I'm finally, I think I'm seeing a lot more uh, attention on that, more light being shed on that, which is fantastic. It's something really important. And so in your maybe your opinion or experience what percentage or how many of these homeless people do you think are struggling with some sort of mental health issue or an addiction issue Um, quite a few of them Um, some of them are mental health health issues that may have evolved out of addiction some of them might have been already present and you know a lot of these folks uh, that have mental health issues maybe at, at one point had a home had a family and because of those mental health issues, uh, you know, their family and trying to, uh, you know, rehabilitate them or help them uh, live a normal life have been pushed out by their family because uh, they gave up because there was not enough services out there or not enough solutions. And that might have been a pathway to homelessness uh, and perpetual addiction for these individuals. So, I mean, we see that. Uh, a lot um, where, uh, you know, that is happening within that population. Is it, is it pervasive? Uh, at what level is it? Probably different levels. I'm sure that, you know, there's different levels of, of mental health issues among the community that we deal with, uh, some more severe than others. Um, but what's nice is that when you have services and you, and you bring people together and the community as a whole needs to take an interest in this, you can't simply say, I'm tired of seeing vagrancy, maybe show up at a council meeting and say, you need to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. That's great, but we all need to be solutions-oriented. How can you, how can the community come together? How can individuals make an impact on that? Um, I'm not a big fan of, of just pointing out a problem and, and dropping a grenade in the room and walking away. If you're going to come and address a problem, come ready to provide some solutions. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. That is it. You know, in, in just going a step further, talking about uh, mental health, I think we need to have a better definition of that. One of the things that I have uh, I've learned through just getting involved and doing some interviews, so last January... I got to interview quite a few homeless people and to understand that everybody's story is completely unique, which makes sense, right? We are all unique individuals. We all have different experiences. We don't know what brings people to that point in their life. And I remember one story in particular that really stood out because it was a lady uh, who was homeless and she became homeless after uh, just shortly after her husband had passed away. 
They were living paycheck to paycheck, uh, you know, so things were tight to begin with. And then with the loss of her husband and just trying to deal with this massive grief, uh, that was that breaking point for her. So she was, you know, she was forced on the streets and didn't have family or friends because she was newer to this area. So she didn't have the support of others. So back to your point too, Rex, about just really needing to come together as a community. Instead of pointing the finger, instead of, uh, you know, screaming out the problem, how do we become more of the solution? How do we support individuals uh, maybe before that situation uh, happens or as it's happening or to help transition them out? So I think that's a, that's a big thing is being able to really look at uh, each person as an individual, understand that there's all kinds of, of reasons why um, this has happened in their life and look at, look at how we can support them, especially from that mental health aspect. And I think you're right. I think we are, we are really doing a good job as a community coming together and working together. And I just want to see if there's anything before we wrap up, anything else that you would really want to offer to those listening. Because, again, what, what my hopes is, is, is through these podcasts is that we're engaging people in this conversation, uh, that it sparks for them this just this um, wanting to participate, wanting to understand a little bit more, wanting to get involved. Any words? Well, we're all stakeholders in the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the police, the hospitals, the downtown business owners. Um, you could live very far away from the problem and you're still potentially going to be impacted by it. So it's, it's everybody taking some onus in providing solutions. And you're right, the mental health piece is part of it. Uh, that's definitely a part of it. And we are adopting more strategies uh, locally in, in this mental health region with, uh, like for the police department, we work with a mobile crisis assessment team. When we deal with people that are in crisis, it's not a, you know, let's not just jail them for a minor offense. Let's uh, get them a licensed mental health professional that can then start them on the pathway of getting better. When it comes to situationally homeless, the city is doing an excellent job right now of steering those folks towards uh, towards. Uh, uh, sustainable housing and then also employment. Um, you know, it's it's things like that. It's the hospitals working with the police department, working with uh, local charities, with agencies like the Warming Shelter and and Hope House with their detoxification facilities and so many uh, people that have come forward. And then, uh, you know, benefactors. A, a lot of this, a lot of these issues are being dealt with by the generosity of our citizens uh, that are donating to long-term solutions where mm-hmm. at one point in time the government would have would have funded these things. So having the conversation, and the conversation continues to get elevated, which is, uh, is very gratifying to me, and where we did things the same old way, you know, what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, we did that for so many years, and we're finally, as a community, starting to see the error of our ways, and I think we're getting a lot more solutions-oriented. And I'm very proud of the stakeholders uh, that have gotten involved. I'm very proud of the city, uh, you know, my employer, for their response, not just the police department, but the entire city, the council, uh, the departments within the city that would have to contend with that. They're doing a great job advancing new programs. We're all working together. We're talking better. Uh, And so we're heading towards, um, you know, providing some alleviation to this issue. Never going to, you're never going to end homelessness. But if you take the right community approach, I think you're going to have a smaller problem as opposed to taking the wrong approach 
and making the problem larger based on your policies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So Siouxland Magazine, as I mentioned earlier, is is taking a role in creating more conversations around around difficult uh, topics. And we have coming up on October 29th over the noon hour, we're going to have a, a community conversation. We're going to hear from a lot of experts like uh, Chief Mueller and We've got uh, Joe Twidwell from the Warming Shelter. We've got Sarah Johnson from Hope Street. Uh, you're going to hear from a bunch of experts uh, to be able to have a better understanding of where we currently are in the community. And then in addition to that, uh, we'll be hearing stories from homeless people. So you'll get to hear right from them uh, their words, not ours, what their experience is like. And then finally, we're wanting to engage you in the conversation. So there will be time for you to be able to ask your questions. And we will be, you'll be able to live stream. So it is our first live event, event. Uh, but with this, we are, we're doing it a little differently because of COVID. So you'll be able to live stream uh, on Siouxland Magazine's Facebook page. Or you can tune in and listen. We're, we're really grateful for KWIT uh, to be broadcasting that through their channel. So you can either call in. Uh, when they request those questions in the last third of that hour, or you can certainly post those questions on the Facebook page. But again, this this is something uh, that both Rex and I are, you know, really encouraging that you become part of this conversation. This comes down to every single individual in this community uh, taking some ownership in it and, and participating in that conversation. So we certainly hope you join us again. That's going to be on October 29th over the noon hour. So please mark your calendars and join us then. Thank you again, Rex. Appreciate your time and everything that you do to serve this community. My pleasure. Happy to be here.